So in other words, we're going to talk today in our fifth week of, of this You Ask For It series Instead of don't, you know, about depression, I don't want to stay depressed. Everybody, I think, deals with that from time to time. I mean, Jesus dealt with being overwhelmed with anxiety and and stuff because right in the Garden of Gethsemane. We talked a little bit about some of that last week. But how about if we would just maintain happiness? If we could, you know, develop a happy system, so to speak, in our spirit to go, you know, what do we draw from? If you go to a well to get water, you are drawing what you need from that well to give you what you need. You're bringing that to you. What is your well that you're bringing to you? Some of you may understand this and some of you may not. Maybe you're hanging around people that you can't draw anything from and all they bring back to you is stuff. You might need some new friends. In a good way, you can still love them, but you may not want to hang out with them like you've been hanging out. So listen how quiet that is. Oh, but listen to me. You need to draw good into you. But the best way to draw good is from the place that has ultimate good. And that is God. And so if we can maintain our happiness by drawing from God and going to that well and saying, God, I just need this. Because life happens to everybody. And you're going to need something that's bigger than life to draw from. I think life should be fun. I think you should enjoy life. I think it should be, uh, I'm not saying you should have a, a, so much of a party every day, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, there's stuff that you have to get done. How many love everything about your job every time, no matter what it is, you love every aspect of your job? Okay. Nobody will raise their hand. If you were honest and you were saying, how much, love every aspect of married life, you know, love your spouse, there's nothing in your spouse you do not care for. No hands are up again. Isn't that amazing? Put your hand down, Ron. (laughs) Karen is a good man back there. She's just like, he's lying. I don't know. That's what I don't like about him. (laughs) So if you're a Christian, you should be enjoying life, though. I think for the most part, we should be the happiest people on the planet. Because we have the person that, that beat death give us life. And shouldn't we be happy? And so if we're born again, we've made Jesus our Lord. We should be so satisfied, so joyful, so overflowing because our well in him, we live, we move, we have our being is Christ. And so we should be optimistic. We should be positive. If, if stuff happens, then, then look at it as, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to let this take me under. I'm going to go over this. I'm not the tail. I'm the head. And I'm going to I'm going to start doing those kind of things. Greet every day with confident expectation. It's going to be filled with the goodness of God. Do you get up in the morning and declare God's favor? Father, thank you today. I'm going to have a good day. Thank you, Lord, that anything that happens to me that is nothing I can't handle. You and I together can take care of this. God, help me. Maybe you have a boss that is just a booger. Well, you got to go to work. So God, help me deal with him in love. Help me show him you and help me do that. So, uh, why would somebody want what you have if you're telling them about Christ and you're just moping around? Depressed. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand life happens and it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to have those feelings or you're not allowed to be real. But if you let those feelings overtake you, I'm just here to tell you how many know they will. You, you have to have, there's a season for some things. I get it. Sometimes if you're just like, you know, you need to, you need to cry, you, you need to cry. I get it. I understand. But what I'm talking about is a lifestyle. We all know those people that every time you see them, they just, bleh, they just 
spew out garbage on you every time. Life is never good enough. If you help them, it's never enough. If you gave them something, it's never enough. Could you give me more? Well, I wish it was more. What could I do? And after a while, you're finally going to have to say, I can't help you. Because they have to help themselves. They have to find out where the well is you're going to to get happy. Early Testament believers heard all the time these kind of questions. How can you be so full of hope? How can you be so happy when life is like this? And I have people saying, you know, this, uh, you know, wasn't long ago. They called uh, a decade we had here recently the decade from hell. Because of the, the stock market and, and 9-11 and all that. How many remember that? I mean, there was a lot of garbage going on in the world. But still there are believers that rallied together and said, you know what? God is bigger than that. Peter had to write them, and he said this in 1 Peter 3.15. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and with fear. So people are going to notice. They might say, how can you be so happy? That doesn't mean you're happy about the situation. It just means you're happy because God's bigger than that situation. I, I, I know I'm talking to somebody today. You've got to understand there, greater is he. This is literally scripture living. It's greater who's in you, than, but it's who you recognize, who you give voice to, who you are giving leadership to in your life. You know, there are people that just walk around just like I'm sure the early church. They were just like, I'm just just holding on till Jesus comes. Oh, God. Nobody wants that. Jesus meant it when he said this in John 10, 9 and 10. I am the door. Anyone, this is amplified, so I'm talking louder. <laughs> I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved. In other words, will live. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. And that'll say they may have it more abundantly. It is the same scripture. They're just saying this. We're going to have life in an abundantly, it, it overflowing. A lot of believers can quote those verses. They can, they can tell you that verse, but few of them believe it. It's one thing to say it. See, we can say there's people that know I can, they can tell me scripture, but they don't believe it. It is the believing heart that engages that faith. It is the belief of the word that says, I'm going to, I believe what he said. That's done. It's done. That's the difference between those that just say it. I know it says it, but there isn't a but in the believer's heart. If he said it, it's settled. And that's the way they look at it. Our first point this morning is you're on God's GPS system. He's guiding you on the right path. God is going to guide you on the right path. But Brett, you don't understand my situation. I, I've got serious problems. I came from a poor family. My dad never had anything. His dad never had anything. I got issues. I was abused when I was little. I understand. I mean, maybe I didn't have those issues and not all of us have the same ones. My circumstances are bad, whatever the situation is. That may be true, but according, now listen to me, to Jesus, all those things, listen, are irrelevant. Doesn't mean they didn't happen. Doesn't mean you haven't had to deal with them. But I'm saying God is bigger than those things. God is bigger than the things that happened to you that weren't your fault or the things that happened to you or the bad choices that people made. God is bigger than that. He said in the scripture, anyone who receives him at the door of salvation becomes a free person. They come and go and find plentiful pasture. They have provision. 
for their spirit, soul, and body. They have abundant life. Jesus didn't say just certain people when we looked at that scripture. Not just pastors. Not just leaders. Not just mayors or governors or police chiefs or, or presidents. He's talking about anybody. Do you qualify as an anybody? You do. It is about your belief system. Well, Brett, I'm not highly educated. I don't read that in there. It doesn't matter. Anybody who came through the door could have and enjoy overflowing abundant life. If we're in anybody, we qualify. We are free to come and go as the Lord leads us. You are not trapped or you're not trapped inside your natural circumstances or locked out of God's blessing. I have people that just think it's good for you, but it won't work for me. Can I say that the word works for everyone because the word works? It, it is an exclusive. Uh, you know, if you if you follow the word, it will work for you. If you do what God says, it will work for you. I'm just believing wherever I go, I find pasture. I find favor that God's going to help me. If I need it, I'll have it because God will provide it for me. If I don't get it, I didn't need it. I don't have to depend on anybody else to give it to me. I don't have to look to my employer. I don't have to look to my job. I don't have to look to that. God is my provider. Well, Brett, but my paycheck comes from so-and-so. And God gave you that job. So you can look at it. I mean, the Bible clearly talks about this. You do whatever you, if you're working, you work as of unto the Lord. Jesus is your shepherd and you are on his GPS. He's going to lead you. He'll provide for you. What you have depends only upon what you're willing to receive from him. <clears throat> what you have depends only upon what you're willing to receive from him. I don't know what you need. I mean, I'm not you, but what I'm saying is it's amazing when I began to put the principles of the kingdom in practice and in purpose and take the Lord for his word. And that's all we need. And then things start lining up and things start happening and things start coming into play. And and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, but it's kingdom. It's how that operates. It's how that works. Here's the funny thing. Many well-believing or well-meaning believers seem more willing to receive what the devil wants to give them than what Jesus wants to give them. They are very willing to receive whatever the report the doctor has or whatever this is or whatever that is. There's nothing wrong with doctors. Just understand, we talked about that last week. You can, doctors, God created doctors, he created medicine. I'm okay with that. But I'm telling you what, I don't want to have to pay a doctor bill or believe God for the finances to pay a doctor bill if I could believe God to be healed before I went to the doctor. All that being said and done, there, there may be, you know, you may go to the doctor, he'll provide for it. And you may witness to everybody in there and get everybody saved. So, you know, it's really just whatever he wants to do. It's okay as long as you get healed and you believe you're already healed, whether it's medicine or doctor, it's all good. But let's take God's route. Let's make our happiness just say, you know what, God, because if we depend on people to make us happy, people let us down. I'm proof of that. I mean, I don't do everything right all the time. I, I know, you know what? I, I've, we have to depend on God. I don't want to be hung up on sickness or oppression and lack because we've been brainwashed to believe God sent those things to teach me something. 
You know how many times I run into that? Well, I don't know what God's trying to teach me, but he's trying to teach me something. I don't think God's trying to teach you sickness. He didn't give that to you. We just talked about John 10, 10. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not God. Here's what, you know, what, maybe your belief system is, is this, oh, I just, I'm just trying to learn what I need to learn. And I, maybe you've let things in. I, I don't know what the situation is, but I'm telling you, if you want happiness, ask God. He'll show you where to shut the door on things that don't need to be in there. And you'll watch things begin to turn around. You'll watch things begin to change. What are you declaring out of your mind? What are you, out of your mind, yeah, that'd be good. What are you declaring out of your mouth? It starts in your mind and it works its way to your mouth. You know, if, if you're like, boy, I'm telling you what, God's just going to, he's going to oppress me with sickness or disease or this, that would depress anybody. I'm just telling you, we talked about spiritual warfare. Those are spirits and they need, they need to be dealt with. They need to just be dealt with and then get gotten rid of. But we have it backwards so many times. The enemy is stealing your health and, and all of that. Jesus says this, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. That's John 10, 11 in the Amplified. And I was actually taught this. Check this out. I was taught this in a denomination. And that's, you know, I was in a uh, uh, class for pastors. I was there for the weekend. I remember being taught this. And I remember thinking, okay, but this doesn't seem right to me. Remember the picture? You remember the picture of Jesus with a lamb over his shoulders? I've seen that, you know. And and the question came up in the class about wolves. And so this is what they said. They said sometimes God will break your leg, the lamb's leg, so they can't get out and be attacked by the wolf. So it's the worst of I remember trying to digest that to think that doesn't seem right. Why would, oh, here, God, here, break my leg. I don't want to get out there and be, you know, I, I don't believe that's God. God has given us every way to trample on the enemy. He doesn't have to break my leg. I just have to exercise my right. I have to exercise my authority. Wouldn't it make more sense that God says, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to show you how you can break his neck. David said in Psalm 23, 1 through 3, You know, I love being under the care of the good shepherd, don't you? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Brings us to point number two. You got to turn the light on. God's not going to do anything to harm you. He's not going to do anything to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you this sickness so that way you won't go out and... He's not going to do that. That is false doctrine. Here's number two, turn the light on. Light drives away darkness. Say that with me. Light drives away darkness. The psalm doesn't stop there. It says sometimes this, we've got to go through the valley of the shadow of death. It says that, the 23rd psalm. I get it. But you can enjoy life even in the valley if you stay with the shepherd. You can enjoy life even in the valley if you stay with the shepherd. 
I found it doesn't matter where I go. If Jesus is with me, things will be good. He'll make, we said it in the beginning, he'll make all things work together for my good. If life comes at me hard, I still have the good shepherd with me. I'm with him. He's with me. He'll take good care of me. He will protect me. He'll turn that valley of shadow of death into a banquet hall for me. He'll lead me into green pastures. He'll make me lie down by still waters. He'll make sure I have everything I need and he'll do it in the presence of my enemies. He'll do things that just go, ha, don't you think that? Let me show you how much I love my kids. You know, I heard a story of this happen. And this was a true story. Little girl, pastor was standing there and his little girl was sitting there and everybody had ice cream cones. Kids love ice cream. Adults love ice cream. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. And so there was one little boy and he was being kind of rough and the pastor was watching him and, and the little boy bumped into his daughter and knocked her ice cream cone out onto the ground and then said, ha ha ha, nanny nanny boo boo, you don't have any ice cream. And he left his conversation. He went over to his daughter and he said, come on, honey. And they walked back into the store and, he, and she was upset and he said, it's going to be all right. Don't you worry about it. And he said, normally I would have just got her one scoop because she's just a little girl. He said, but I got her three. She walked out of there. And the little girl went up to the little boy and said, look what you did. You made me get triple the blessing. (laughs) Now, listen to me. That's a great illustration and a true story. But that is what that's what God does with us. Sometimes we get something and we're like, and the enemy wants to knock it out of your hand. If you'll just rely on, on the good shepherd, if you'll just rely and put your happiness on God, he'll bring you back and you can be like, hey, you know when you tried to make my life miserable? I want to thank you for that because look what happened. I mean, God can use that as a springboard. I don't know what you said, but okay. Brett, what... What about the shadow of death? Doesn't that scare you? When we talk about the valley, everybody's like, oh, the shadow of death, the shadow of death. <laughs> like, do it, do it, do it, do You know, we can get in line and believe what everybody else is believing and all that. But I'm just saying, why should the shadow of death scare you? Because listen, the Lord is the biggest person in the valley. He's the biggest person in the valley and he's right there with me. And what's more, listen to me, a shadow never hurt anybody. A shadow is just, if it's the enemy, he's just scaring you. Unless your shadow is something that God's anointed, then it can heal somebody. The shadow of a dog might look big. Have you ever did that with a flashlight and, you know, or a bunny? And then it looks real big, but it's actually not so big. See, a shadow, is it, it always implies it's something bigger it's more huge or it's scarier than what but i'm telling you with god he can drive out every shadow the bible says this you just you know you are born of light so you just need to turn the light on ephesians 5 8 says for you were once darkness but now you're light in the lord walk as children of light you want to maintain your happiness maintain your light start walking as the children of light walk in the light as jesus is the light John, 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's 1 John 1, 7. Romans 13, 12 says, that night is, uh, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. I'm telling you, this is talking about just saying, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put on the light of God. You want to stop being depressed? You got to stop 
with the enemy then and put on what God is there. You got to put on that armor. You got to you got to guard your your mind. You got to guard all of those things. You got to put on the helmet of salvation. You've got to put on the, the breastplate of righteousness. Gird your loins with truth. Shod your feet with peace. Use the sword of the spirit. All of those things. The shield of faith. Praying always in the spirit. You've got to put light on. Put on the armor of light. You don't have to put up with any shadow of death like the Old Testament saints did. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. And you've been translated, transformed or transported, so to speak, into the kingdom of light. By the son of light. By, by Christ. Colossians 1, 12 through 13, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So don't let the devil darken even one of your days. When he tries, throw him into confusion with the brightness of your light. I mean, just start turning the light on. Just start doing whatever you got to do. Turn that light on. Be that witness. Take the upper road. Take the high road. Do whatever God is saying. Cast down those imaginations. Take authority over those. Take that thought captive. Start saying, uh, what did Mal say? You said Philippians 4, 8 it. Philippians 4, 8 it. Philippians 4, verse 8. You know, whatsoever things are pure, of just, holy, of good report, think on these things. You know, you start saying, you know what, I'm not going to waste my time thinking about that stuff. I'm going to put light on. I'm going to start doing, God, I'm going to do this. Brings us to point number three. You are God's flashlight. I mean, just think about it. Jesus was here and he left and he sent his spirit and he's telling us, now you go. Go into all the world. You be the light. Remember John, you know, John chapter one. He talks about Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. He's all of those. And and the light is the light that shines on the darkness of men. So we need to understand that. Jesus is the light you need. You are the flashlight of God. Have you ever walked out of a dark room and into the bright sunshine or maybe a camera flash? Couldn't see anything for a moment or two because you were just blinded by the light. That's kind of what happened to to Saul on the road to Damascus. He was doing the work of what he thought was God, but it was actually the work of the enemy. And then that bright light hit him and boom, he's blind. Have you ever had just where, you know, all of a sudden you're, oh, you can't find anything. And you're trying to remember where the room, where the couch is and where all that. Anybody? had a friend he said his wife never changed the furniture never and he came home from work one time he worked second trick is middle you know middle of the night is off at 11 or something like that and he said i'm just going to surprise her because everybody was in bed and he got home about midnight and he said never changes the room never so he's got his pajamas he's ready for bed and he takes off and he's going to dive on the bed she changed the furniture he hit the dresser he hit son and he hit the floor and just made a, a terrible and then, you know, just messed him up. She couldn't help him. She was laughing too hard. And he's like, woman, why did you change the furniture? And she said, I was just trying to do something new. <laughs> he told us that story and we laughed and laughed. But listen, light always has an effect on darkness. If this room was totally black and one little firefly came in here, everybody in here would go, look. We would all notice the light, even how small it is, we would notice it. 
And then if we each had a flashlight, one had a light and another had a light and another, and then the light just grows. It always affects darkness. Wouldn't it be great to live fully in the light and the devil couldn't find you? What if you'd be so bright that it just blinds him and he's like, I I can't see him. According to the Bible, that's possible. It tells us we can live in such a way that the wicked one can't touch us. Look at 1 John 5, 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. John, 1 John 2, 10 says, gives us the secret to that lifestyle. He says, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. In other words, the key to living in the light, the key to maintaining your happiness, the key to, to keeping this is, is what we talked about before. It goes back to love. They will know we are Christians by our love. You can't really love if you're never happy. If there's always something wrong, it's going to be hard for you to walk in the light because you're always doing maintenance on what's wrong. Say amen to that. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm trying to tell us something here, and I'm speaking to me too. So don't, don't think I'm, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just telling you we all got to, Lord, if I want to be happy, then I got to love. I got to love you. I got to love my spouse. I got to love my boss. I got to love my coworkers. I got to love people that just irritate me. I got to love. Now, I don't mean I got to go on vacation with all those people, but I got to love them. So, you know, we're coming into a time of year like, you know, Scott gave you an announcement. He said, you know, Christmas is on a uh, Sunday this year. So we decided we are going to have just the Christmas Eve service and just blow it out. But I will tell you this. Last Christmas Eve, there was like standing room only. So this place will be packed. But we, this is a season where we could really show God's love in ways that maybe you've never done it, or not just the traditional, you know, okay, I'm going to be nice, Merry, Merry Christmas. And, of course, there's people there that want to be politi- politically correct. Merry Xmas. I, that's, that's nonsense. You know, but what I'm saying is this. Be who God wants you to be. Don't do politically correct. Just, you know, Merry Christmas. Just tell them. But as we get to that time, be the love. You want to be happy? Let's spend this year being happy. Let's spend, make up our mind that we can get a track record now that we're going to let the light of Christ shine in us so that we can be happy. We can maintain our happiness because I'm telling you, you if you let depression overtake you, you decide those things. I, you know... I've had people call me and say, I need you to come to my house. Weird things are happening. I want you to take care of this. Okay, I can do that. Done that before. This is what's happening in this room. I need you to come in. And we all know that kind of garbage the enemy does. So I'll go. And they said, well, you know, will you make whatever leave? Yeah. Well, the Lord will make it leave. But by the authority he gave me, he'll leave. And so I'll go in and he will and he'll leave. But see, I got to go home. So this is real important that you understand there's where, where that light is. Where's that light coming from? What are you drawing from to make and maintain that happiness? You know, even if, if, if you were closed again in a dark room and there's one little light poked through, you would see the light. That's kind of where that phrase comes from. Oh, I see the light. You've shown me the light. Okay, you can either decide to act on the light or you can plug it back up again. You want to be happy? True happiness and freedom is not found in any person or anything in this world. It is found in Christ Jesus. It is found in God alone. 
And I can't make it any plainer than that. You're going to have to make some changes. But if you do it, you can do it in such a way that it's kind of fun. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean they don't always hurt. But sometimes you just make the right changes and God will, he'll just be with you. He'll help you. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be foolish to walk through a door, turn out the light and stumble over everything in the room? Keep the light on. Keep the light on. You don't have to save energy there. People try to live that way. They turn on the light and they neglect to keep the commandment of love, but they want to do everything else. Don't don't tell me all of the things that I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And I've got a message from God and I'm going to do all that. And okay, if God gave you the message again, he'll make room for that and your gift will make room for you. According to the word. So God will provide for that. Jesus proved this when he was on the earth. No matter how hard the devil tried to corner him, he always walked in the light of love. He was always, you know, he, he put people, he, he said what had to be said, but he was love. Here's point number four, pure living. You want to be happy, then you're going to have to, you're going to have to live happy. How do we do that? Get rid of strife, unbelief, and unforgiveness. If you can't forgive, you can't walk in love. If you continue to let strife in, the Bible says you, you open the door every other evil work. I mean, a bunch of junk can happen if you're just continually bickering. Brett, are you saying we can never have a fight? That's not what I'm saying because I know you're human, I'm human. But it means when you recognize that, then you break that and you mend that. And you keep that strife out of your house. You keep it out of your job place, or at least in your part, or whatever you can do. Unbelief. Hard to walk in, in true love and, and see God move in your life if you really don't believe he can. Matthew 5.39 says, I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. He wasn't telling you to let people just beat the daylights out of you. But he was teaching you to put on the armor of light. To step under the protective covering of love. So the devil can't touch you. When you act and you respond in the way God wants you to respond, you will be happy. You have done what you're supposed to do. Can I just say the flesh always wants the last word? You, I mean, you could say this. You could, I'm going to tell my boss off. I'm going to tell him off. And tell him, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. You might want to be careful. I don't know how many pieces you got left, but you can tell him. You can tell your boss off. But see, what the flesh won't tell you and what the enemy won't tell you is the ramifications of that down the road. You can tell your boss off, but you might not get a paycheck later. And then you'll be mad at God for not being able to make your house note. But yet you, you see what I'm saying? So we have to decide. Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, but you've got to, you know, and I'm just, I'm not judging. I'm just saying I'm learning this myself. Ramifications down the way. You've got to start saying, I've got to look further, Lord. I've got to crucify my flesh. Paul said he had to do it daily. You've got to think between your ears here. Lord, I want to be happy. I'm telling you what, the, the, the pureness of just being happy and saying, you know what, that's good. You can lay your head down at night. It's a good feeling. When I give everything to God, it's a good feeling. When I know he's got my tomorrows, that's a great feeling. 
When I know he's got my todays, that's a great feeling. When I know he's my provider, that's a good feeling. When I know when the enemy comes in that God says I'm going to put up a standard against him, that's a good feeling. When I know that I'm greater because God is in me than the enemy that's in the world, that's a good feeling. When I know that I'm not the tail, I'm the head, that's a good feeling. When I know that I can make everything I'm supposed to make because God will help me, he'll provide for me, that's a good feeling. And when I know that no matter what the enemy comes at me, God says, hey, get out of the way, son, I got this. That's a good feeling. When God can do all of those things, if I believe him, my happiness just seems to go woohoo you know i got to tell somebody the other night i was just we just got back from uh just being away for a few days and and we just got back and, and uh he said i didn't realize that your wife was um charles's daughter and i said yeah and i i tried i was going to tell him man you know make a compliment as i normally do and he goes don't worry brother you can tell me later and i said this in front of the restaurant i said dude i'll tell you now Here's my point. I'm not go- I want to be happy. I'm not hiding. Oh, I have to tell you you later cuz she's with me. She didn't have to be with me for me to compliment her. Anybody that knows me knows that, but I'm like, dude, what you know, this is in my mind I want to say, you don't have to tell me your problem. I don't have that one. But I can't I don't know if that's right to judge. You know, it's probably for me not to. That's between him and God. But that's my mind. My flesh wanted to go. <laughs> but I didn't. She didn't say anything to me about it. But see, I'm, I'm happy in that fact. See, the church in the early days believed that. Uh, that they, if they were just living in God and they were doing they were being loving and and they were the light the book of acts tells us uh in acts 432 says they were one heart and one soul acts 245 they sold their possessions and goods they did everything they could just to help each other just yeah you need that I got that I'll take care of it but God was so strong and that power was so strong six people even got in Peter's shadow and were healed that was the anointing on Peter and just the shadow that he cast. Not the enemy's shadow, but I'm just saying God's anointing was there. That's the kind of power that you can deal with. But you, are, you cannot deal with it outside of God. When Peter wasn't with God, his shadow wasn't healing anybody. The power of light of God that was coming out of him was doing the work. We are children of light. And the light in us, that's what we need. If we keep clouding it with strife and we keep, what's the forecast today? Oh, if that's your life and you're just giving yourself a forecast, I don't know, I hope today's better than yesterday. Oh, (laughs) you know, there's stuff that sometimes just irritate me and I need work and help. You know, because little things, is it just me or does little things just get on you or get on? Sometimes little things, I'm just like, ha, we were trying to pack our car and it's like a Rubik's Cube puzzle. You know, I'm trying to stick stuff and, and there's, oh, these need to go and this needs to go. And I'm already looking at the wall of whatever. And I'm telling Tim, I can't get anything else in here. And, and this, you know, okay, now think about this. 
when God wants you to operate in love and in happiness, there are going to be things that are going to come against the, the fruits of the Spirit, so to speak, self-control, patience. If you wanted patience, do you think God will just go, patience? Or, or will you have opportunity to exercise that? Well, he was giving me all kinds of opportunity, but I wasn't taking him up on it. There, was, there wasn't a whole lot of light shining out of this person. I'm just saying the light was on the little feminine woman here beside me going, it's just a car, we'll pack it, it'll be okay, we'll make it fit, pull that out, put that, put that, shove that in there, you know, and so I started, you know, I, but to my, before I'd have been, you know, I would have been the guy, you pack it! I didn't, I kept my mouth shut, and again, just pulled some stuff out, and sure enough, what she told me worked, and I, you know, that's where you shut the thing and go, <clears throat> hey, we're in, we're good. You look at the people in the back, how are you guys doing? I'm good. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, we, we have opportunities to be happy or be in the light if we take them, and they're happening to us all the time. Sometimes we don't even recognize it. Now, again, what the enemy meant for bad, what he wanted was, blow your stack, blow up. Turn around, make faces at Kim, kick your tires, throw a fit. You know, I mean, seriously, I mean, you do. You, is it just me that feels like that? And then people want to hand you more stuff and you want to go, let me tell you where you can put those bags. I'll tell you. Even when we were out shopping, she's like, this is a great deal. And I'm thinking, where are we going to put it? Where I don't know how we're going to pack it. You have to give that. But there's happiness to be found if we just rest in the Lord. If we trust in Him and say, you know what? This can't overtake me. Because if I look at this, God is wanting to bless me and I'm giving Him a hard time about it. I, you know, I blessed you with some stuff to bring home and now you're going to whine because you think you don't have any place to put it. Would I have given it to you if you couldn't cart it home? That's almost like telling your kid, eat your spinach and shut up. Now, it has nothing to do with what you tell your kid, but I just threw that out there. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Lord, help me. If we want to walk in full power, then we have to recognize that God is guiding us. And there's opportunities where the enemy has come in, but we can shine brighter than that and blind him. And then he's going to, after you do that so many times, he's going to be like, I can't get Gleesman on that anymore because he's just like, he's shining too bright there. I can't, I can't see. That's what's happening. Let you blind the enemy with the light of God inside you. Brady's always getting me in this area. Shine your light brighter. Turn the light on him. Turn that light in his face. Grab your word and say, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not addicted. This isn't going to happen. You can't get me on this anymore. This is because I've got the light of God in me. My happiness is not based on myself or my flesh. My happiness is based on Christ Jesus. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. That's what I base everything on. You have to repent that's not just saying, I'm sorry I'm caught. It's just like, God, I'm sorry I didn't shine my light right. And then he'll help you. He'll replace your batteries. That's pretty cool. He'll give you a new bulb if you need it. I'm going to get in agreement with God, acknowledging to him, whatever I've done, if it was wrong, it was wrong. And God, you're going to help that. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to receive forgiveness and cleansing from that. And I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to look back and relive it. I'm just going to say, God, I thank you for that. I'm going to take Jesus' position. 
and Stephen, when they were stoning Stephen, when they killed Jesus, he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That kind of love literally arms you with light. What if people are talking about me, Brett? They're going to talk about you whether you're nice or not. Might as well be nice. Let your light shine. Let them and God take care of their light. Concern yourself with this, how you're going to treat them, not how they treat you. Lord, let me be the light. Let me show your example, how I respond to them. They're always mean to me. Okay, let let God deal with them on that. Have you ever been moping around? I'm, I'm almost done. Because somebody isn't paying attention to you the way they thought they should. And then you say to yourself, they don't care about me anyway. I think God would say it's none of your business whether you think they care about you or not. It is your business to care for them. How would I have you respond to them? Would you respond to them in love? You know, so many times, isn't that if we want to be happy, we were, God, if you just change this person, you'd make me happy. God, if you just change my job, you'd make me happy. God, if you just gave me another hundred dollars a week, you'd make me happy. Well, God would just say, well, why don't you just change yourself and I could make you happy? I mean, you will make yourself by the authority given to you by God and exercising that in your belief system. And some of those other things will happen. Some of you, there's greatness in this room. There's somebody, you, you want a job, you just don't believe in yourself. But God, if you'd let God, he'd say, you can do that. And that extra money would come in because you'd be doing something that you love. And everywhere we go and everything we do, The good shepherd wants to live with you all the time. He wants to be your GPS. He wants you to enjoy green pastures, rest beside still waters, live in freedom, coming and going wherever he leads you. He wants you to enjoy abundant, overflowing life. Whether you're in the valley or whether you're sitting on the mountaintop, greater is he that is in you. He wants to be the living light in you. He wants you to be happy. The best way I can tell you to get rid of depression is happiness. Just be joyful. Find out where, what is making you depressed and then attack it. Shine the light on it. You know what happens uh, in, a, in a house if it's got a bunch of cockroaches? What do they do when they turn the light on? They scurry, they scatter. That's what happens. That principle, that illustration, I want you to think about it. Wherever it's so dark, turn the light on. It's got to scatter. Turn the flashlight around. Put that beam right on that. Take care of business and start saying, all right, God. All right. And then begin to put that in your belief system. Quote that. Speak it. Believe it. Say it. Live it. Walk it. And wherever you go, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to be the light at your workplace, at your home. People will see a change. Brett, will it happen overnight? Probably not because it depends on how much you want to give over. But man, if you just surrender, I surrender all. Lord, let's take that. Start changing things. You will see, really, and I promise you, you'll see some immediate results. Things will start happening. You'll feel different inside. How many want to just, do you like it when you feel good inside? You know, sometimes, even in the midst of a storm, you can still feel good inside. You, you don't like the storm, but you know God's got it under control. He's got, because he is helping you use your authority to control that situation. He has all power, but you have the authority. So you have to exercise that. You want happiness? I'm going to find out where that leak is. What's making me? You know, I've had some people, and I'm, I'm finished. They'll be just like, every I'm, I'm good, and then I get around so-and-so, and I get around so-and-so, then I feel real depressed. 
I'll go around so-and-so. Well, I can't lie to him. Don't lie to him. Just tell him you're busy. Well, what if I'm not doing anything? Do something. <laughs> I don't care if you're going, I got to go take a shower. You don't have to tell him that, or I'm going to go eat, or, you know, whatever. I mean, just, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I got some other appointments. I don't know what they are. Make some. But find out where the leak is. Commit it to God. Turn the light on it. Let God guide you and watch what happens. I mean, you're going you're gonna to go to bed and go, wow, I, I slept good. Or I, I, I feel better today. I'm, I'm not so edgy. You won't be, you'll remember, you'll think of me putting that stuff in the car. It's with you. I, don't, I can exercise the spiritual gifts now. But you know, sometimes you just need a helpmate or somebody to come along and go, it's not a big deal. It's just the car. We're just packing it. It'll, we'll figure it out. And the enemy wants to just explode everything. And again, remember the finger puppet thing. It's, if you look, that's just some little guy with a rabbit. But on the screen, it's like, whoo. He just wants to make it look bigger. It's not really a big deal. Don't make it a big deal. Take authority over it. Put it in its place. Move on. You believe that? Bow your heads.